Hey, what it do? Welcome to another new episode of Locked On Bucks. On today's show, led by a Giannis triple-double, the Bucks move past the Pistons tonight, 122-113. With this victory, the Bucks have now swept the season series against the Pistons after the conclusion of this mini two-game series that we had in Detroit. And bench play was a huge factor in the final scores for both of these games. So we're going to take a look at that. Plus, talk about Chris moving up in the Bucks franchise record book again take a little look at dame's play in january and a quick look at who's up next for the bucks because some big games on the horizon all that and more coming up next you are locked on bucks your daily milwaukee bucks podcast part of the locked on podcast network your team every day you are Locked On Bucks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm Camille Davis, and you can catch me weekly on the Technical File Podcast, as well as Cheesehead TV's Carry the G and MKE for one more week. But joining me is longtime voice of the pod and founder of BrewHoop.com, Frank Madden. We both truly do appreciate you tuning in, and thank you for making Locked On Bucks your first listen every single day. We're free and available wherever you get your podcasts, as well as on YouTube. And today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel. Make every moment more. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets guaranteed when you place a $5 bet. So visit FanDuel.com slash locked on to get started. Now, Frank, we've had two consecutive games in Detroit now, and we've been able to get two wins for the Bucks. And like I said earlier, the Bucks have now completed their season sweep against the Pistons. And the Pistons are a four-win team on the season. We've talked about uh, the, the league-setting losing streak that they went on um, at one point during the season. But these Pistons kept it pretty close against the Bucks during as many series. Were you surprised at how tough the Pistons played the Bucks, especially without Cade Cunningham uh, on the court for him? No, because we've seen the Bucks all year, so I think the answer was probably not surprised. Um, you know, it's it's funny when when you have like two straight games against a good team. If you win, you know, the first one, you'd say, "Well, it's really hard to to beat the same team twice, right?" The Pacers did it to the Bucks. Um, we saw when they were in New York around Christmas, right? Bucks mm -hmm. very impressive in the first game, and then Christmas Day, unfortunately, with the light shining brighter. Uh, they lose that game. Uh, so it's it's hard, right? It's hard to take two in a row. But with a team like Detroit, um, you know, over the weekend, game one, you take their best shot with this crazy three-point shooting night. Crazy, crazy. Difficult to win a game when the other team shoots 21 to 37. I think uh, I think Nathan Marzian had the stat. It was like when teams shoot that high a percentage on that volume, they're like 33 and two or something like that, right? So you do not typically win a game like that. And for the Bucks to, you know, cause it, honestly, like the defense didn't annoy me that much because the paint points were way down. The three point shooting was obviously ridiculous. Uh, but, you know, again, like that'll happen at some point. And they, they were due to have some three point uh, progression from the opponent, given that they've had good three point luck all year. So on some level, I was like, you know what? game was too close like you know you want to blow out the pistons no matter what because you just need to have some easy games over 82 mm -hmm. uh but you know again with the opponent hitting a lot of threes it was like well maybe whatever uh tonight bit of a different story obviously both teams don't shoot well from three and the bucks obviously 
again, kind of play with their food. And 109, 107, you're losing. And then you go on a big run, 15 to two to close the game. Giannis playmaking. Brooke Lopez hit a really big, long three to sort of start that. Like Beasley hit a three. Chris hit a three. And they kind of just, you know, looked like the veteran team. And the mm-hmm. Pistons looked like the young team getting a little bit too excited down the stretch. So, you know, the funny part is you look at the defensive stats tonight. They had a defensive rating just under 110. That's you know, far better than where they normally are. They're normally like yeah. what, 117 or something like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the irony is that tonight was actually by, you know, the kind of defensive rating numbers, actually a very good statistical night. Uh, they actually, I think, defended in transition well, which they did not do the other night. Uh, they didn't defend the, the the paint quite as well. Paint points were 54. Uh, but the at-rim shooting, I think, was in like the mid-50s. So Brooke Lopez, four blocks tonight. I think they protected the rim pretty well. Uh and yeah, I mean, I feel like we've been telling the story all all season, right? Like, oh, they they know how to play defense when they need to, right? Oh, they you know they figure it out when they when they need to kind of flip the switch and, and close out games. Um, yeah, I mean, you're 30 and 13. That's a pretty good place to be. But as we were talking about before the podcast, you're playing with fire a little bit, and against the Detroit Pistons, you can play with fire a little bit and still come away with wins. And, you know, you have Giannis, a big triple-double line. Chris Middleton, as you referenced, a big night. Good good to see him put, having a really good night as he goes into third place all-time with the scoring list. Uh, but, again, just in terms of being a team that, you know, you just, had, you just played with your food the other night and you pulled it out, and then what do you do? Do you learn from your lesson and say, okay, we'll buckle down. We're not going to screw around with this. We're going to handle these guys, you know, put this game away early. No, another two point game at halftime yep. and it came down to crunch time again. So, I mean, again, like until further notice, like, I think this is just what this, this is, who these guys are. They're not a great defensive team or even a good defensive team. They kind of know that they can just at the end of the day outscore their opponents. And so as much as Giannis may not like it, they just feel like a team that's going to continue continually just feel like, yeah, we'll try to play a little defense when we need to. And then we'll just hopefully outscore you. And, Again, it's worked worked okay this year, but it doesn't give me the warm, fuzzy feelings, especially heading into, uh, obviously, a, a couple of metric stick games against the Cavs. Yeah, absolutely. And you mentioned a couple of things I definitely want to touch on, but I want to start with the point about just how the Bucks are having to outscore these teams, right? You mentioned the three-point disparity that we saw. Uh, the Pistons shot almost 57% from three on Saturday. That was down 33%, which is a little bit below, but closer to what you normally see them do throughout the season. And the Bucks, this game just were very cold from three. I mean, they started the game off three to 17 from three in the first half warmed up a bit in the second half by going seven of 22 um, yet. And still you finished 10 to 39 uh, from the field from three this game. And Dame is somebody I wanted to talk about. And you mentioned the offense because looking at January, right? We're talking about how the bucks are, who they are in these games were a microcosm of that to start off the month of January uh, Dame, the first four games before he took the game off against the Utah jazz, he was averaging about 20 points a game, seven assists, about four rebounds a game, but he was only shooting 35% from the field, and that includes shooting 16% from three. Since he's come back after that Jazz game, which has been six games, 
He's been averaging 26, seven assists, about five rebounds while shooting 42.3% from the field and about 35% from three, which are more in line with what we've seen this season. Those first four games where he was shooting poorly, the Bucs were one and three in those first four games. These last six with Dame shooting a bit more in line with what we've seen so far this season, they're five and one. And that's just an important part of it. And tonight against the Pistons, Dame had a rough shooting game. He was two of 10 from three, two of five from two points. But I did love how he got other teammates involved tonight. He was very active. He had eight assists, two turnovers, and he was also able to add points via the free throw line, which we've seen a lot from Dame this season. He went seven to eight tonight. So that's following up the excellent game he had on Saturday where he dropped 45 against the Pistons. So it's really good to see Dame going. And with this Bucks team, how they're currently constructed, we'll dive deeper into the bench in the next segment. But you need your big three to perform um, in these games. You need them to do well uh, to really have a shot because the Bucks at this point have been leaning heavily on their starters. Yeah, the, there's been a lot of references to the bench and the bench problem, especially because Detroit scored, what it was it, 85 bench points on Saturday, which yeah. I, I would just say this, like to me, opponent bench points and your bench point, you, you know, opponent bench points being high, your bench points being low, two totally like different like issues, right? Like the opponent scoring a bunch of points off the bench, like I don't really care who scores points. If the other team scores a lot of points as the Pistons did on on over the weekend on Saturday, like, mm-hmm. of course, that's concerning, right? <laughs> like, I'm worried just generically about the defense. I don't really care that much about We're the fact that, it. you know, like Alec Burks, the fact that he comes off the bench and Killian Hayes, who sucks, starts, like, whatever. That's just like a random thing, right? Clearly, Alec Burks is better than Killian Hayes and is, is really a starter compared to him. But what does it say about your defense? Like, again, that's kind of the concern. I think the flip side where you look at the Bucks and their lack of bench production from a scoring perspective First off, I would say they're constructed in a way that's inevitably going to lead them to not have a lot of bench scoring depth mm-hmm. because they have two supermax all-star ball dominant guys and Damon Giannis. They have obviously Chris, they have Brooke. So they have an t- absolute ton of firepower in their starting five. So of course their starting five is going to be the offense heavy group and the bench is going to be complimentary guys. Like, you know, th- I don't think the team like needs Jordan Clarkson on the bench to be like a microwave scorer type guy. I think last year you could have argued that they needed that because of the concerns around, especially Drew in the playoffs. Like, you know, do you need a guy uh, who can break the ice and and be that kind of microwave guy off the bench when, you know, the going gets tough? Uh, I still think it's, you know, concerning when you look at the bench that you have Bobby, who's been very up and down. You know, we've seen him obviously have awesome games tonight. He was, pretty muted uh had some frustration moments had like a yeah. a pretty like i i thought that could at least it could have been a flagrant certainly a flagrant one if not a two he got called for a technical for basically smacking marcus sasser like across the head slash face it's sort of a frustration play uh but i think bobby's sort of the bellwether of bench scoring in a lot of ways and his inconsistency is a big part of it uh and then i think just the other guys you're playing right i mean the more andre jackson plays the less bench scoring you're going to get because Andre is not a scorer, right? So if Andre is like the guy you want playing off the bench, he played 20 minutes today, um, you know, had had some moments, scored eight points, uh, five fouls in 20 minutes, minus eight. Unfortunately, kind of a typical Andre, <laughs> Andre line. Had an awesome dunk, 
uh, in the half court off of a great Nola pass. He had a good sequence in the second quarter. There. Yeah, he had a nice little end to end. He had a steal. He had a block. Um, you know, he did kind of Andre stuff, but mm-hmm. he's not going to score. Uh, Jay Crowder goes one for six today, three points. You know, so you don't think of Jay as like a scorer per se, although as we saw the other night, you know, he could obviously hit some threes. And then Pat, Pat only played nine minutes today, right? Mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, the interesting thing I was looking at Pat, first off, Chris Middleton, shout out to Chris Middleton, had his first dunk of the year. Right. So, Halfway good, through the good season. Job. Good job, Chris. Uh, you could still dunk it. Despite you know being a six-seven NBA player, you can still dunk. That's a good sign. Uh, Pat Connaughton has no dunks this year. Camille, did you That's did you know that stat? I didn't know. Uh, he you know he came into the year in training camp talking about how he wanted to, how he had like worked. He wanted to get like more athletic again. Yeah. He, he made references to this that he wanted to kind of play more athletically above the rim. Above the rim. Has not done that at all. Uh, the irony though is, I mean, like if you just sort of look at the way I think like. Bucks fans have sort of processed the Pat Connaughton experience. You'd think Pat was shooting like 30% from three and having like his worst season as a pro. I'm not saying Pat has been good, but Pat is having his second best shooting split season uh, in his Bucks career right now. Like it does not feel that way. I totally get it, but he's shooting 37% from three, which is over his career average. He, he is, I think a 59% true shooting right now, which is all the only year he was better was the year after the championship. His his just sort of like pure shooting splits are actually better than they were when the Bucks won the title in 2021 in the regular season. So he's had kind of a weird year because I feel like it's felt like he's been worse than he actually is. Um, and I think part of that is he's been making shots of late. Again, didn't play a whole lot tonight. Uh, so I, I don't really know what to make of Pat. I've always generally been like a believer in Pat. He's a guy that I you know want to have as as an option in my rotation in the playoffs, but. I think, you know, I think the Doug stat, even though I just recited some of the data saying that he's still scoring efficiently, mm-hmm. he doesn't score very much. Uh, I think he's, you know, I think he's lost a step defensively. Uh, and again, like, you know, is he on the level of like Malik or Dame defensively? No, I don't think he's like that bad defensively. But uh, and I think he's still, you know, a good rebounder and generally kind of knows where he's supposed to be. But you know, he's not the kind of athlete he was, I think, when he first came to Milwaukee and was making those above the rib plays, blocking shots occasionally, doing that kind of stuff. So, uh, so yeah, I mean, I think it's a question about the bench because, uh, you know, it's more of just like the quality of the bench in general. I'm less worried about the the, the pure like point scoring. Mm-hmm. Uh, to me, is just like, is the bench, do you have enough guys that are really kind of playoff rotation worthy? And I think right now you could raise questions about every single guy on that bench. You know, Jay Crowder, well, last time we saw him the playoffs against Miami, he was getting benched, getting smoked by Jimmy a couple times. And then that was last we saw of him. Pat actually shot the ball super well in the playoffs last year. But, you know, what does he have left in the tank? Bobby, we know, has generally become much harder to play against good teams in the playoffs. Uh, and then, you know, we've got kind of these young guys, you know, Jay Crowder, or, sorry, not young, Jay Crowder, but we obviously have Andre, you know, Marjot Bochamp hasn't been playing lately. Mm-hmm. And then you have like Campaign, who Campaign didn't play tonight, which I thought was interesting because he's obviously sort of yo-yoed in and out of the lineup in general too, but he's also, he's also not a guy that like um, chopping at the bit to see play crunch time and, uh, you know, st- st- starting fourth quarters of the playoffs yeah. or something like that. So yeah, I think the bench is kind of a problem, but the Pizzas are also a weird team to compare yourself to because I mean, they play their bench dudes a ton. They have actually some pretty good players relative to their starters on the bench. So 
I don't know. It's like, does does this mean that the Bucks have to go get Alec Burks or something in a trade? I don't think that's necessarily the solution because to me, at the end of the day, the Bucks need more defense, I think, in terms of depth, not like offense as, as, as much of what I'm worried about. And again, all, all year they've scored points, uh, right. but can they stop the other team? That's, that's still what I'm more worried about. Yeah, there's some interesting things to think about with the bench context, especially as we start approaching the the trade deadline. And I want to dig deeper into that because one thing that was really interesting about the first game against Detroit was just the bench starter splits, right? Plus minus isn't indicative of everything, but it, it paints an interesting picture if you add additional context to it. So I want to do that as well as give Chris Middleton some love for moving up the Bucks record books again, like I mentioned right after this. The NFL season is turning up. I know the Packers are no longer in the game. Trust me, I'm upset about that myself. But there is still so much action to get into with the conference championship games taking place this weekend. And where better to get in on the action than FanDuel, right? America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers can get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. Again, that's $150 if your team wins. So if you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, hesitating, I'm not sure if I should do it. Trust me when I tell you there is no better time to get in on the action than right now. The app is really easy to use. It's intuitive. And there's a wide range of betting options for you, including over-unders, player props, spreads, and a lot more than that. So make sure you visit FanDuel.com slash locked on to get in on the action. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. We appreciate you for tuning in to Locked on Bucks on a daily basis. So shout out to all those everydayers who do tune in Monday through Friday. If you enjoy what we do here on Locked on Bucks, I got to tell you all about Locked on Sports because Locked on has launched the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel on YouTube. With Locked on Sports today, you will get 24-7 coverage of all of the top sports stories of the day. These shows are brought to you by the local experts of Locked On. Plus, you get to see our national shows that cover every league. So make sure you go to Locked On Sports today on YouTube and subscribe to the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel. Now, the bench. You brought up a lot of great points about the bench. And the thing that stood out to me, I talked to Justin about it after the first game, and it rang true again in tonight's game. And it was just so interesting to me, the fact that the Bucks bench was all in the positives when you're looking at the plus minus, while the Bucks bench were all in the negative. You flip it over to Detroit, all of their starters were in the negative, while their bench was all in the positive. And that was the case in both of these games against the Pistons. And we talked about the bench scoring and what that's, what that's indicative to in, in your book. And looking at those raw numbers, again, on Saturday, Detroit's bench had 85 points. Milwaukee's bench had 18. Tonight, not as bad, you know, for the Bucks. The Detroit bench had 63, while the Milwaukee Bucks bench had 20. So that brings the total in this little mini two-game series that we had to 148 for Detroit's bench and 38 for the Bucks bench. And to your point, it's a little bit about how these teams are built, right? Like I mentioned, this team is top-heavy. So they're going to be led by Dame. They're going to be led by Giannis. They're going to be led by Chris. And when those three guys don't have it, then in particular, you really start seeing some problems with this team and what they're able to do, unless you happen to get 
a big Bobby game or a big Brook game or something like that to sustain the scoring because you're expecting that from your top guys on this team. And the bench play is so interesting. And again, there's so many different rumors about the trade deadline. It's already come out the fact that Horace has been very aggressive at the deadline and he's looking for defensive help for this team on the wing. Makes a lot of sense. We've been talking about it on this podcast since we started seeing the trend of how poor uh, perimeter defense has been with the point of attack defense, which, again, we've talked about uh, leading to Brooke having to live from being under attack from multiple different angles. And uh, it's just really interesting to me how that fell out. And talking about Ajax really quick, Andre Jackson, uh, we mentioned his really good stretch in the second quarter that he had there. And I think it's really key what you mentioned about if Andre Jackson Jr. is going to be playing, then you have to understand that it's not going to be a heavy scoring load from him. Like tonight, Andre finished what? Uh, three or four from the field, eight points. And that's like, that's pretty good for Andre. Like he was active when he got the ball in his hands, but you have Andre in the game for that defensive side of things. So it's interesting to think about if this team does change at the deadline with more defensive players, how much of that scoring load is going to continue to fall on the starters. I mean, it might move Malik Beasley to a bench role if the Bucks do make some changes, which could bolster bench scoring in that way as well. Yeah, I think the, you know, some of the, I think Chris Haynes was one who was, who's kind of in the uncut or sorry, yeah. this league uncut podcast he has with Mark Stein. I think he was referencing some of the old familiar names as far as interest for the Bucks, Alex Caruso, uh, Dorian Finney-Smith, and I think there was a third guy I mentioned, Camille. I don't, I don't know if you remember who the third guy I mentioned was. But you said DeJounte Murray? No, although that's a separate that's a separate topic. I think that's an interesting <laughs> one. To me, that's like a different thing, right? Like, yeah. interest in DeJounte, that feels like kind of a opportunistic, like, hey, this guy's 27, yeah. fringe all-star-ish guy really doesn't fit with Dame. I mean, if he can't play with Trey Young, I don't think he makes sense with Dame slash Chris Giannis. Uh, what you would have to give up, I have no idea. Um, you know, I think Bucks fans have been like, you know, wish casting, like trading Chris or Brooke for him, which like, I don't know like the mechanics. Obviously the Hawks don't need them. So there's some like three-way, whatever. Uh, I mean, to me, the, the most logical thing is if Dame wanted out, like he could be Dame, you know, like DeJounte plus a bunch of stuff for Dame Lillard. But I don't think the Bucks are pulling the cord on on no, the Damian Lillard experience. Uh, so I, yeah, let me say this: I, I don't expect the Bucks to be able to land Dejounte Murray. I don't think you know Pat Connaughton and Bobby Portis plus like second round pick and Marjan. Like, I, I Atlanta's got to be able to do better than that, right? But I don't know, right? Did I did I think that Dame Lillard was going to end up a Milwaukee Buck? No, I didn't. I was looking at the odds. Uh, I found I found a thing about the odds, the trade destination odds for Damian Lillard, literally the day before he was traded to the Bucks, and I think it was like plus three thousand. I think he was to go to Milwaukee, or maybe he wasn't even on the list, and the 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 worst odds were plus three thousand or something like that. Like nobody was thinking that the Bucks were a reasonable trade destination. There were like eight or nine teams that I saw on the list, uh, with no mention of the Bucks when I was looking at those odds. So. Stuff happens, you know. Uh, you just you just never know. And John Horst, I think, has obviously pulled off some trades that it was like, man, I didn't think we had enough ammo to go get, you know, first and foremost, Dame. Uh, but, like, what they gave up for P.J. Tucker, oh, that really wasn't much at all. 
Nope. Um, Nikola Miritich. Wait, we got him for just a random bunch of second round picks. Like, okay. So, uh, yeah, never say never. We'll see what happens. Definitely not someone I'm going to get my hopes up for with DeJounte Murray. And I don't really know what it would mean if they got him. Cause I, again, like, what are you giving up is my first question. Cause that's not an easy salary to match, even though he, he is pretty underpaid at least right now. So, uh, so yeah, we'll see. Dejounte Murray, yeah, if you threw him into the mix uh, as a fifth starter, I guess, uh, then 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 you would really have no bench scoring because you really, would just truly. Need to, you would just need to stagger all of your starters basically because you'd have weights, you'd have so much firepower in your starting five. But uh, yeah, we'll see. I I mean, again, I think the thesis with Dame is he's going to be a consistent a consistent of scorer in the playoffs that you're not going to need necessarily that again six-man type energy scorer bench guy. Uh, but I don't know. I mean, I think, you know, the the past, well, the whole season really, I think, has underscored that when you think about this team, Giannis is the night-to-night foundation, mm-hmm. giving you 30 points, you know, 10 to 13 rebounds, six to 10 assists. He got the triple-double tonight. Um, I didn't even think he played that well offensively, like, Beef Stewart blocked him three times. Mike Muscala blocked him, Camille. I mean, what the hell was that? He seemed like a little bit out of sorts when he was driving at times. And then you look at the end of the day, you know, 31 points on 25 shots, 17 rebounds, assists, two blocks, two steals. It's like the bar with Giannis is ridiculous, right? So like we're, we're, we're like barely talking about the guy and he's putting up just these insane numbers. And I thought, you know, his playmaking in a lot of ways was the key to that ending run because he had the assist on the Brook Trail three, he had a nice kick out on a pick and roll uh, pocket pass that he got from Chris to Beasley in the corner, kind of a no look. Beasley hit that one. I think that made it a six point lead. And then he gets doubled to the post, kick out easy one to Chris, who hit a three. And that put, I think, at a nine, a nine point lead and, or 10 point lead. And, you know, that, uh, that was pretty much it. So, Giannis, man, the guy's amazing. Uh, and I think that allows Dame to kind of yo yo between amazing and meh you know and tonight was a little more meh the other night was obviously amazing Mm -hmm. and i think good thing he did what he did the other night because he needed all 45 of his points but you know when you talk about obviously sort of the hierarchy of this team it all starts with Giannis. he's the guy that you know is going to deliver every night and that dame is kind of the i don't want to say wild card but i don't know how much of it is because of where he is in his career and if he's picking spots a little bit in the regular season but Obviously, the consistency is not there to the same extent it is with Giannis, but you know the upside is you you do have Chris Middleton, you do have Brook Lopez, and you may not have much beyond those two guys, uh, or sorry, three guys. Uh, but on any given night, obviously, with the way this offense has been humming, uh, Malik Beasley hitting threes, it's it's generally been enough. And now I think the question is, can they def- to be the question now is can they defend enough when it matters at the playoffs? Uh, because again, like. I just, you know, I just don't see signs that this team is flipping any switch okay. unless there's a real shakeup at the trade deadline, which again, I think something's going to happen. I just don't think it's going to be some some huge thing. Yeah, like I don't think Brooke Lopez is getting traded or, you know, Chris is getting traded, even though people I think would, would think with their, some people get frustrated. They're immediately like, we got to trade Chris. Like, well, what are you, what are we trading him for? Like, what, what's the point of this? What are we trading Brooke Lopez for? You know, but uh, again, I get it. The talk's the click. The, the talk is clicking. The clock is ticking. But um, those dudes are still really, really good. And I think we saw it over this, this these couple of games. We, they don't win these games without those guys doing what they did. 
We have. And these guys are really good. Like I mentioned, Chris Middleton's moving up in the Bucks record books again. And it's funny at this point in their careers, because they've been in Milwaukee now over 10 years. When I say they, I mean, I mean Giannis and Chris, the two of them, that duo has been a core for Milwaukee Bucks basketball over the last decade. Uh, and with that understanding, the realization is that their time together is coming to an end at some point, sometime. We've seen more of their days together at this point than they have days left together, right? That's what you're looking at with their career. So every time that they accomplish something, that they do something, I take a little bit of extra time to really appreciate what we're seeing because these are two staples of Milwaukee Bucks franchise history. And I want to give Chris his flowers right after this. Prize Picks is the largest daily fantasy sports platform in North America. And honestly, there is no wonder why that is, because it is truly the easiest and the most exciting way to play DFS, because it's just you against the numbers. You do not have to worry about battling thousands of other players. And when you're battling that many other people, normally there's going to be some pros and some sharks in that mix. So with prize picks, you're just picking more than or less than on two to six different player stat projections. And then you get to just watch the winnings roll in. I'm a big prize picker. I love playing prize picks and I am patient about many, many things in my life. You can see it over the course of this season. I've been very patient with the Bucks, but I'm not patient about my money. So when I win, I like my money quickly as possible. Another reason why I love prize picks, really quick withdrawals. So you pair the quick withdrawals with the easy gameplay and pairing that with the enormous selection of players and stat types. It's no wonder, again, why prize picks is the number one daily fantasy sports app. So go to prizepicks.com slash LockedOnNBA and use the code LockedOnNBA for a first deposit match up to $100. Again, head over to prizepicks.com slash LockedOnNBA and use the code LockedOnNBA for a first deposit match up to $100. Prize picks, daily sports made easy. All right, Frank, Chris Middleton. Again, I've mentioned it a few times throughout this episode so far, but he moved up in the history books for the Bucks. Again, he passed big dog Glenn Robinson to score the third most, most points in franchise history. He needed 25 points entering into the game, finished with 26, and now he is in sole possession of third all-time uh, scorer in Bucks franchise history. And like I mentioned, I just like taking a moment to really appreciate what Chris does, especially because you think about how he got here. Right. He was kind of the throwaway guy in the Brandon Jennings, Brandon Knight trade. But he was somebody that the Bucks were like, no, we have a real interest in him. We want to make sure that we get him on our squad in this trade. And since he's gotten here, he has just been climbing the record books. And Giannis talked about it after the game for a bit. And he mentioned like, you know, his second year was my first year. And he mentioned that I was like Andre and he was like Marjan and we were just going at one another. And look where we are now, 11 years later. Giannis talked about how much he respects him and how if you follow the journey, you can see how hard Chris has worked. Again, this is a second round draft pick. Chris Middleton is. And every year with the Bucks, he has come back better, like Giannis was mentioning. Uh, Giannis also made a joke, of course, that, you know, he wants them to hold all the records and he just doesn't want him to pass any of his and he doesn't plan on Chris passing any of his. But I just think it's super cool that we've been able to see the career of Chris Middleton here. And now um, after the injuries, after a championship, we see him climb to third all time and leading points in Bucks history. I thought it was kind of funny. Like Giannis was like, 
you know, talking about 10 years together, and he was like, how many, how many games we played? 715, 720? And I was like, that's like, how would, like, I, I was like, I don't, never thought about how many games Giannis and Chris have played together. Yeah. Uh, I don't know how accurate that was. It, Chris has played 693 career games. Obviously, uh, there were some of those came in with the Pistons in that first year. Giannis is at 759 career games. Makes sense. He's been more durable than Chris, but you know, he was in the ballpark at least of, mm-hmm. you know, 700 or so games played together. And he referenced wanting to play thinking, thinking that they're going to play a thousand together, which, Hey, that's like another four years, basically, Could. essentially. So, uh, sure. You know, like I'll, I'll take anything right at this point. Like the fact that he's not saying like, yeah, we got another year together. And then it'd be like, wait, what, what, what do you, you know, something yeah. honest. Uh, so who knows what they eventually get to, but, uh, yeah, I mean, just to, you know, like if you went back and told us that Chris Middleton, you know, on the day of that trade was going to be the Bucks' th- third all-time leading scorer and, uh, you know, have a, have a ring and uh, have a 40-point finals game and, you know, had done just everything that he's done. I mean, of course, like we all would have like just looked at each other like, you know, we had three heads growing out of our uh, out of our necks or whatever. But uh, yeah, but uh you know, I mean, he deserves a ton of credit. Like he kind of made himself into this and, um, you know, again, like it's, uh, he's obviously been looking in a much better place here over the past, call it, you know, six to eight weeks. And, uh, you know, to do it on night, we score 26 and, you know, a lot of the offense late game was running through him and Giannis, mm-hmm. uh, you know, that's a nice luxury to have. Right. I mean, and again, I know people are gonna say like, Oh, Dame's gotta have the ball all the time. Dame, 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 Dame. But, Dame wasn't having a great game and Chris and Giannis were dealing and uh, especially Chris, you know, nine of 14 from the field two of five from three, six of six from the foul line, which is good to see, you know, aside from the dunk, getting the free throw line a little bit is encouraging His free throw rate has been down this year, even though his overall efficiency has been good. So, uh, so yeah, I mean, again, just uh, kind of like what Giannis was alluding to, you just kind of have to appreciate, you know, what you have with this group and kind of everything you've accomplished. And obviously hopefully, still still things up ahead even if uh you know maybe at times uh we we worry about obviously about where this team is right now but uh yeah that doesn't obviously mean to intend to take away anything from chris Giannis, brooke uh and and what those guys have been to this franchise so very cool that that chris continues to work up his way up these record books and uh what is he like 2000 some behind kareem so yeah, it's like 2,200 to, somewhere around there. Yeah, so uh, he's over, you know, a year away for sure. So I don't know. I guess it's possible by the end of next year if he stays healthy and obviously sticks around. Uh, you know that that number is is within reach as well. So uh, that would be pretty wild to have those two guys be uh, be the top two scorers in, in franchise history. I don't think I don't think we ever would have said uh, Chris Middleton is going to pass Kareem. As the all-time, uh, as as you know, on the all-time buck scoring list, but uh, he's he's obviously worked really hard to get there. And uh, tonight was uh, a fun game to watch him kind of do do his thing, do his Chris Middleton yeah. stuff. Didn't didn't really only like a couple of assists, so that that was a little bit weird to see. Normally, he's obviously stuffing the stat sheet with with assists and a decent number of rebounds, but uh, didn't need it tonight. Giannis was the playmaker. Absolutely. Absolutely. And as the Bucks end this two-game miniseries against Detroit, up next they have a two-game miniseries against the Cleveland Cavaliers in Milwaukee. Uh, so the next time me and Frank talk, it'll be after the Wednesday night game uh, with the Cavaliers in Milwaukee, the first of those two games. And me and Justin have mentioned it, and we'll continue to talk about it over the next couple of days leading into it. But 
a big game coming up here for the Bucks with this series. The Cavaliers are coming in hot. They're on an eight-game winning streak after beating Orlando by 27 points tonight. They're eight and two over the last 10, only two games behind the Bucks in the loss column. So there's a lot to play for here in this upcoming matchup against the Cavaliers. And it'll be really fun to watch how that shakes out. So We'll talk a little bit more about that as the week goes on, recap the game and and cover this mini series that the NBA seems to be doing a little bit more frequently uh, between teams here. So we'll wrap up here today. Uh, Make sure you check out Locked On Sports today on YouTube and make sure you subscribe because, again, it's the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel. Why wouldn't you want to lock into that? So matter of fact, go and check that out after we close here. So for Frank and myself, we'll catch you later.